This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast Show 854. What's going on, everyone? This is David Green, your host of the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast, the biggest, the best, the baddest real estate podcast in the planet. Every week, bringing you the knowledge, how tos, and market insights that you need to make the best possible decisions in order to improve your financial position and build the life you've always wanted. I am joined today with two real estate studs, Dave Meyer and James Daynard. To analyze the state of real estate going into 2024, we're going to help you understand where we are, the market forces that shaped how we got here, and how you can identify opportunities as well as mitigate your risk going into 2024. Welcome, gentlemen. What can we expect from today's show? Well, my hope today is to help everyone listening to this understand some of the complex and, yes, sometimes confusing market forces that are driving the economy and the housing market and real estate returns right now. I know that sometimes these things seem a little bit daunting, but I think if you work to understand them a little bit and the things that we're going to talk about today, you'll see that you can invest in any type of real estate market. You just need to adopt the appropriate tactics. Yeah, we're going to jump into also covering strategies that have became more riskier as the market and the cost of money has gone up. Everything's got riskier, but what are the solutions around that? Because higher the risk, higher the reward. Making more money while mitigating your risk, all that and more on today's show. But before we get into it, I've got a quick tip for all of you. Dave Meyer, one of our guests here, wrote the State of Real Estate Investing Report for Bigger Pockets, and it is available to you as a loyal Bigger Pockets podcast listener for free at biggerpockets.com slash report. 24. This report is going to have all the information that you need to know to make good investing decisions. And we're going to be drawing largely from that report in today's show. Well, let's get this thing started and let's start with 2023. So Dave Meyer, can you tell me what happened in 2023 and where we are now? Sure. This might be recap for some people, so but I will go quickly through this so everyone is on the same page and sort of set the stage for our conversation. When we started 2023, the residential real estate market, and for anyone, residential is basically just anything that's four units or fewer. The residential market was in a bit of a correction. It was certainly not the crash that a lot of people were calling for, but we entered the year where things were pretty slow. Prices were down two to three percent, and that was mostly due to affordability or the lack thereof. Affordability, you probably know what it means, but it's basically how easily the average American can afford the average price home, and it's not doing very well. As of actually right now, it's the lowest it's been since 1985, and that has really just pulled a lot of demand out of the market. And so that's sort of how we entered the year. But, you know, buyers didn't want to be in the market, but neither did sellers. Anyone who's been a part of real estate this year knows that there has been not a lot of inventory on the market. Prices have recovered a little bit. They're now, as of now, about up one to two percent year over year, depending on who you ask. But home sales volume, as I'm sure both of you as real estate agents have seen, has really cratered a lot. It's down almost 50 percent from where it was in 2021. And the whole market just feels kind of sluggish and slow. That's what we got for sales. In terms of rent, it's actually done pretty well. We're up about 5% year over year, uh, but it is much slower than it was over the last couple of years. And we're starting to see vacancies tick up a little bit. And so I think there's reason to believe that, you know, rent growth is going to stagnate a little bit. But, uh, you know, that's sort of where we're at is a, is a sluggish market with relatively stable prices. 
All right, James, like me, you sort of have your hands in a lot of different elements of real estate, and you definitely have boots on the ground in several markets. So based on what Dave just said, have you seen that playing out in practical terms? Yeah, I mean, Dave just summed up everything. It's just slow and steady right now, and that's across the board for us, whether we're flipping properties, developing, renting. We're just seeing this slow, slow absorption, and as rates have increased, it's just kind of strangled the market and kind of slowed it down, which has honestly been a little bit refreshing for us because it was so fast 24 months ago, you couldn't even think about before what you bought. But, you know, it, it's it's been this slow grind. It's It's been this transition down the last 12 months. We're seeing it get slower and slower every month, but things are still absorbing and moving. The rates are kind of starting to stall out. We're starting to see a little bit more activity because buyer confidence back, and, and we're just trying to push through this 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 mud. You know, 2023 was the year of the mud. Where it's just everything is getting trapped, your boots getting stuck in there, and you're pulling it back out, and it's just pushing through, getting to some dry dirt, which we're getting to now as rates have steadily down, and and, and we're just kind of getting through it. I like that. Trying to find the dry dirt. It's a great way to put it. You're gonna steal that analogy now, David. I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that no, not enough people listen to this that they don't know that it came from James, and people can assume that I came up with that because that's really good. The year of the mud. It's because I was just off roading in Glamis all weekend, so I'm like still trapped in off road. Like, don't get stuck. stuck. I got stuck way too many. I got stuck more times this weekend than I did in 2023. So that is the good sign. All right, good stuff. So that's what we've gone through in 2023. But what should we as investors be looking forward to in 2024? What strategies look the most promising and what do we need to avoid? More on that coming after this quick break. What's better than low money down? No money down. Now through rent to retirement, you can buy a brand new construction turnkey rental property for no money down. Wait, hold on. This can't be right. We need to double check with Zach, rental retirement CEO. Oh, hey, Rob. Zach, how the heck are you selling turnkey rental properties for $0 down? (laughs) It's not that complicated, Rob. Rent to Retirement has new construction properties up to $20,000 below retail prices. We also have investor loans with rates as low as 3.99% and down payment options as low as 5% or sometimes even zero money down. You get all the cash flow, appreciation, and equity for as little as zero money down. That's an infinite return. Oh, wait, wait. Let me get on this before we tell it to the whole Bigger Pockets audience. Just head to renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. That's REI to 33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing with no money down today. Get your next new construction property at a steep discount or invest with no money down. Head to renttoretirement.com today. If you're in the landlord game, then you know the importance of solid tenant screening. That's where RentReady steps in. Now, RentReady's got an important new feature, proof of income verification. And get this, with Plaid certified reports, you'll see everything from income summaries to total earnings by month. Say goodbye to those gut check moments and hello to confidence in renting with RentReady. RentReady is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering a six-month plan for $1. You can't beat that. I actually don't even know how they make money doing that, but it's above my pay grade, pal. Visit rentready.com. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like bigger pockets, investor, like me, to get six months of rent ready for $1, which is crazy. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. 
How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three-week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award-winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes, and there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high-tech sensors that detect break-ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24/7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day, plus Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. With all these market forces and uncertainty in mind, let's move into what we can do in 2024. Dave, in your report, you cover nine suggestions or tactics that you think people need to be aware of for 2024. We've isolated four of those, and we're going to go over them in today's show. Let's start with the risks that people need to be aware of. Yeah, so we're going to highlight just a couple of the suggestions that I've made. And just so everyone knows, these are suggestions that I personally am pursuing and just that I've gathered from talking to dozens of other experienced investors about what they are doing in the next year. And we're going to go over a few. If you want to see all of them, make sure to check out the report. Again, you can see this for free. But one of the main ones I wanted to ask James about actually is I've I'm feeling cautious about burrs and flips. That's not my sweet spot. But just looking at some of the numbers as an outsider sort of looking in on this industry, I'm curious what you think about this kind of value-add business model heading into 2024. You know, I think value-add is really where the the strategy is right now. Because again, if you can't find cash flow, the only way to rack a return is to implement the right plan and and force that equity up. And times where everything's more money, it's like every time you go to lunch, right? It's a hundred bucks now where it used to be like 20 or, you know, everything has got more. Where are you eating lunch? Dude, I feel like I'm not eating lunches at the fanciest places, Dave. I will send you <laughs> pictures of my receipt, and, but I do have kids, and it just adds up, right? Oh, okay. Oh, for the whole family. Okay. I thought you were eating the whole family. No, not for yourself. me. No. I'm, I'm always on the chase for that okay, $10 fair. teriyaki, to be fair. But uh, it's about trying to get those huge equity gains, and, and, and people get nervous about these two strategies for fair reasons, right? They are very risky, and the, re- the reason they are risky is your cost of debt on your takedown financing is three to four points higher. Things take longer. When you are selling a property, you are keeping them for a longer period of time, right? It, you know, as the market slows down, things are transacting and they're transacting for, you know, what, what they're listed for. We're not seeing those huge drops off list, but they take time and you got to ride it out and you have to ride it out with expensive debt. And so that's where the risk is, is this cash suck of where you're just constantly feeding these investment beasts until they are through, um, it, through their, their stabilizations and the sales. And so it's about cabbing cash reserves right now as you go into the deal. The good thing is there's big margin deals in today's market and all markets. And you don't have to do as many. You can pick one, work through that, but you have to have the reserves, whether it's a fix and flip or a burr. It takes more time. Um, and, and you have to be able to keep up with that debt and service it. 
The biggest risk with burrs right now is that floating rate. You think, you know, there's been plenty of times I bought rentals in 2023 and I perform at my rate at like 7% and all of a sudden it's at seven and a half. And you're going, shoot, you know, I mean, when you have a half point adjustment, it, it can really knock down your cash flow. It can take two to three points off your return. And so it's about just kind of preparing and padding everything out. Like if you're buying a short-term investment, add an extra two to three months to your debt cost and your hold times. That will get you through. It lets you plan for your liquidity. If you're buying a rental property and you have a longer stabilization period, throw an extra half point on your rate. See how that works. And then uh, the underwriting is so essential now. People got a little bit, I hate to use this word, but lazy, 2020 to 2022. You would buy something, and if you did not underwrite it correctly, it was still going to have growth. Now, if you don't underwrite it correctly with the right values, the right income projections, you're going to all of your gunpowder, all of your cash is going to get locked up in the deal. And that's the risk of burrs right now. If people, as you, you know, the point of burrs is to grow your capital, grow your assets and keep your money. If you miscalculate, the banks are only going to leverage you so much with 75% loan to value and making sure that your DCR or that, that your debt covers at that point. And so you got to make sure you have your coverage. If you, if you don't underwrite correctly, your money's getting trapped. So you just want to really slow down on those deals, work through the angles, make sure that you have the right team put together and then lock your debt now it is not the days of let's go buy something figure out the debt later if you're buying a property to keep it make sure you are fully pre-qualified with a mortgage broker that you understand the rent uh, income and that you can cover and if you can't you might want to look at the next deal or make sure that you work that into your your gunpowder and what your cash flow projections are going to be okay so take things a little bit slower Spend a little bit more time upfront underwriting and spend a little bit more time on the back end actually executing on the plan. That's a problem that I've noticed in 2023. Things were moving so quickly that it was very difficult to pay attention to all the moving pieces once you got into the construction when you were trying to execute on the deal. But like you said, things kind of worked out because of how much the values were increasing and even the rents were increasing. And then rates were usually going down. So at the end of every deal, it was sweeter than when you went into it. Now you're saying, hey, you actually you want to assume the worst, assume that rates are going to go up a half a point or so, and assume that you're going to have to spend a lot more time executing and making sure that the things get done that need to get done on the deals that you're buying. Dave, I want to throw it to you. What are two strategies that you see an upside for in 2024? All right. I have one sort of conventional advice for you and one unconventional one. So I'll start with uh, one that you've all probably heard of, which is house hacking. And house hacking works in pretty much any kind of market conditions and in almost any market throughout the country. If you're unfamiliar with the strategy, it's basically just an owner-occupied rental property where you live in one unit, rent out the others, or live in one bedroom and find yourself some roommates. But in 2024, there's something very exciting happening with house hacking. There's some new rules for FHA mortgages that allow you now to put as little as 5% down for small multifamilies. So that's any property that has two to four units. Previously, you had to put at least 20% down if you wanted an FHA mortgage on those types of properties. Now you'll be able to get into some of these small multifamilies for a lot less cash down. There's also some rules that allow you to now count rental property from an ADU, which is like an accessory dwelling unit. People call it like you know a mother-in-law suite, or basically you have like a shed in your backyard that's hopefully up to code and safe and everything. You can uh you can now count that towards your mortgage. So you can now 
qualify for more when you're looking for either for, for that type of property. So those are two different new mortgage rules that make house hacking more affordable and more accessible than ever before. The second one is a little less conventional, and that is to look at new construction. And I know during normal times, for investors, it is not typically worth the premium to pay for new construction because you don't get enough rent out of it. You know, it's similar to like buying a new car, right? You you buy something that's brand new. There's a, there's a premium on that. And for investors, it's not usually worth it. But right now, we are seeing really good deals on new construction because builders, their business model is different than a homeowner who's trying to sell or a, an investor who might just wait something out. They have to move inventory. They're building and they got to sell those things quickly, get that stuff off their balance sheet. And so what they're doing to move inventory right now is doing rate buy downs. We're regularly seeing home builders get buy down your rate 1%, 2%. So rather than buying something, an existing home that is used for a seven and a half percent rate, you could buy something new for five and a half percent. And it's worth noting that buy downs are not permanent. Those are for a year or two or three, depending on the particular product. But it is a really good option for people, depending on, you know, your particular market and what they're offering. But I think new construction is more attractive now than it has been any time in my investing career. And it's at least worth looking at right now. In the era of super low inventory, we now, new construction accounts for 30% of the deals on the market. Normally, it's like 10. So if you want to get in the market, this could be a good option for you. So if it's hard to find a deal, maybe you build a deal. James, what are you seeing in this space? I, I love what Dave said, because I mean, it works in all different aspects. Like as a home buyer, you get to work with these builders, they'll buy your rate down and you can get your payment more affordable. And it's all built in the pricing. But on the investment side, we love development right now. And there's a couple main reasons why. Dirt was at its all time high price wise. 18 months ago, it has fallen, at least in our local market. And I've seen it pretty consistent through like any of the major healthy or the major metro cities is dirt, dirt pricing is down nearly 25 to 30 percent on cost. Not only that, the structure has changed because as debt has gotten more expensive on us builders across the market, all of the builders have switched their mindset to going, hey, I need capital. I need gunpowder right now. And I do not want to sit on these projects for 24 month times. And as the, the, it, it, the good thing about the building community, it's a lot more logical and, and they move in waves over the smaller investors, right? Smaller investors have so many different plans, but builders are all on the same plan. Buy a piece of land, develop it, build it for a certain cost, sell it per profit. It's all the same. And they're all going for very, very similar margins. And so now what it's done is we've had to buy these properties in cash or with hard money and lever as you're waiting for permits. Almost every deal we're doing now is a close on permit job. And so we don't have to be in that deal that long because it takes us nine to 12 months to build the product. We're closing on permit cost of price, uh, cost of dirt is down 30%. And also the cost to build. If you look at the renovating versus new construction, new construction costs are down 
uh, below renovation. And that's because the trades that are working, right? The, the, the volume has slowed down. The amount of land has gone down. The trades, there's a lot more gaps in their schedule than there is for that mom and pops contractor that's working for the smaller investor. They are constantly busy. They're using their own hands and they're busy and their pricing hasn't given. So it's gotten cheaper across the board. And the last thing I really love about, and this is something that everyone wants to think about, we were talking about with the risk and flips is that cash suck where you got to make that 12% hard money payment now on your on your deal for the next 9 to 12 months as you're stabilizing it. With new construction, the debt's better. It's cheaper by one to two points. And, and a lot of times they're going to give you an interest reserves, which helps with your cash flow in times where things are just getting eroded right now. And the interest reserve is when we buy these deals and we structure them with close on permits is we don't need to make a payment on that for 12 months. They have built our payments into our loan balance, which helps us maximize our cash returns. It helps us with our liquidity. And the overall investment's more stable than it is in the fix and flip market. So we love Dev right now. And we didn't really like it 24 months ago. So the opportunities are here. Yeah, it'd be wonderful if we could step up the construction of more products. If the pressure that was put on builders and the deals making more sense actually led to us building more homes. It's always been in the investing community as long as I've been a part of it. Look for something that's already there because you're going to get a better deal on a used car rather than a new car. But if the car inventory is down, or in this case, the home inventory is down, we need to make more of them. So that would be a huge blessing if it could be more profitable for builders to build more homes. We could build more homes and we could actually get the affordability of homes lower as well as the price of homes lower. So more people could get into the market. A big fear I have going into 2024 is that deals won't make sense for the average American who doesn't have a ton of cash and is spending $100 on lunch. But it will make (laughs) sense for BlackRock and other institutional funds that are strapped with cash and have access to cheaper capital than the people like us that are listening to this podcast do. So my fingers are crossed that builders step up and start building. All right, James, I want to ask you, what does success look like in 2024? And is it different than what it's looked like in the previous five to eight years? Yeah. So as the market changes, there's always a different definition of success, right? Like it's, I think the last 24 months or 24 months ago when the rates were low, definition of success was buy any asset, slap cheap debt on it, and let it grow. And that was the strategy because the, the cheap money was growing everything. And the definition of success when you go into a transitionary market is no different than it was when it was 2009, 10, and 11, where, you know, there wasn't a lot of that instant gratification of like, I just bought this property and I'm getting rewarded today. And the instant gratification needs to go away. It's about that long term growth and long term plan. And the, for me, it's the year of making big equity gains to use for big purposes in 12 to 24, 36 months down the the road. It's about, I like loading my vault up in markets like this today. And that's getting into the game, finding the property, strategizing behind it, and then letting that asset grow or walking into that instant forced equity with the right construction plan. And because the market has slowed down so much right now and the transactions are down, sellers are down, buyers are down, there is some massive opportunities going on. And so it's all about finding those huge equity pop big growth plans for the future, not for today. Again, going back to 2009 and 10, we didn't have a whole lot of success on paper during those years. But those years were huge for us for growth over the the, the last 20. It was getting that inventory in that would help us move forward. Listeners, I'm telling you right now, 
it's not every day you find a game changer like Rent Ready. They're not stopping with just tenant screening. They've rolled out proof of income verification. Let Rent Ready handle the heavy lifting with automatic checks on financial stability and earnings. Plus, with Plaid certified reports, you'll have all the info you need right at your fingertips. Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. And if you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for just $1. How great of a deal is that? That's one eighth of a Chipotle. That's pretty good. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like bigger pockets, investor, to get six months of rent ready for $1. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes. And there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high tech sensors that detect break ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24 7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day. Plus, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60 day money back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at slash pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. Short notes from Connect Invest. Connect Invest is an online investing platform that allows you to easily participate in passive real estate investing, and all you need is $500 to start. Short Notes collectively funds a diversified portfolio of commercial and residential real estate projects across acquisition, construction, and development phases. You'll earn a fixed monthly income without the hassle of owning or managing real estate. Head to connectinvest.com BP to create your account. Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. Join today by visiting connectinvest.com BP. Connectinvest.com BP. We're always looking for ways to improve, searching for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Just go to Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So give me a practical example of what a good deal would have looked like in 2023 and maybe what a good deal will look like going into 2024. I mean, a good deal in 2023 was just finding any sort of margin. It depends on what asset class it is, too. You know, in 2023, I think for like a Burr property, my goal was a good deal was to break even. And if I could break even on my interest rate or uh, cover with the rents after all expenses and get a huge you know, maybe six figure equity spread or even, you know, a 50,000, a massive equity spread. That was a win for me in 2023, especially if it had any other extra investment kickers in there, like development, density plays, path of progress. And if I could buy something break even, I know that there's upside in 2025, 2026, once rates come down. Um, some other good... I think definitions of deals in 2023 was you didn't have to work as hard, which sounds weird. But because the the transactions were down, you know, for the from twenty to twenty two, we were having to burr properties and buy properties that were heavy, heavy fixers to get that deep discount to be under that seventy five percent loan to value to make it cash flow. Now we can buy a lot simpler projects because they're breaking even, and most investors are kind of staying clear from them. And we just have to ride out the interest rates and not do as much construction, but just ride those those waves of rates. And so, if for me, if I can get into an asset break even with some additional upside, that is a hundred percent a win. In two thousand twenty four, I think that there the definition is going to be there's a lot more instant gratification this year because as the investors have pulled out, we've been able to acquire some very good inventory on some very good discounts that are going into dispo. And just because the, the the market is slowing down does not mean we're not selling that property. Things are still selling, still moving. There's not a lot of inventory. And so I think 2024, the profitability of, of in the now is going to be a lot bigger than it was in 2023. And we're already seeing that in our PLs and our cash flow forecasting. Dave, anything to add on James' points there? I just really like what James was saying about trying to break even. And I know that's not the sexiest or coolest thing to say, but I generally agree that right now, particularly in this type of market, my personal goal is to try and do better than break even when I look across different profit drivers. So I understand that prices next year are probably going to be flat. In some markets, they might go down a little bit. In some markets, they might go up a little bit. But if I have cash flow and amortization and tax benefits, as long as those things can carry me through any short-term volatility in the market, I'm still going to buy anything that has that long-term potential. Like James said, you know, I'm looking to see what this deal is going to do in 2025, 26, 27, even further out. And as long as I have enough cash flow and short-term benefits to carry me through, Personally, I don't need to hit a home run in the next year. I just want to do something three, five, seven years down the line. You know, that's interesting because I believe that's how real estate has typically operated in most markets that didn't have massive amounts of quantitative easing. Usually when people were buying real estate, they were taking a long-term approach and they want to know to know about the location, the demographics of the area. If businesses were moving in, where rents were headed, it wasn't always just about what is it right now in this moment and how big of a chunk of equity or how much cash flow can I get when I first buy it. So while this sounds like a change, it's it's almost like a return to what real estate has been for the majority of time it's been around. Would you two agree? Yeah, in my experience, yeah. I mean, real estate is a, is a long-term industry. Like getting back to the point where appreciation is 2 or 3% is normal. In normal times over the last 50 years, real estate has appreciated a little bit more than inflation, like 1% more than inflation. So this idea that we need 5, 10, 15% year over year price right. growth 
to make it a, a return is not true. It was it was nice for a little bit. It was super easy, but that's just you know that's why everyone got into it. And this is just getting back to sort of understanding the full suite of different ways you can make money in real estate and applying them over a long period of time. And when you do that, there's it's a very relatively low risk way to invest. So James, in order for somebody to jump on a good deal, they have to know what a good deal looks like. What are some factors or metrics that you think people should be keyed in on in 2024 that scream, I'm a good deal by me? You know, I think it comes down to, you know, always setting your buy box and in knowing what your expectations for return are. And every year you got to change it. My 2023 buy box is different than it is going into 2024. It's actually dramatically different. The definition of a good deal is going to change for Dave. It's going to change for you and change for me, right? We all have it. We're in different markets with different goals. But, you know, how you kind of get through these and you work through those math is you use it's all in the underwriting establish your buy box and then go through that in-depth underwriting and and working through the calculations does this get me in my goal in a two-year period and i think it's very important for today to set your buy box that has two and three-year goals on it not six and 12 month goals. There always be, will be the six and 12 month flip deals, the wholesaling deals, those instant cash uh, creation types of properties. But you really got to establish those. And that's about working through the underwriting, working through the calculators, utilizing tools like the bigger pockets calculators to go through and go, hey, based on, you know, in 2024, if my cash on cash return for rentals is at 10%, or to have at least a 2x factor on equity gain for the cash I'm investing at that point, I know what I want to buy. Then it's about underwriting, pulling the right analysis with the right team, using the calculators. And Bigger Pockets is great for that. You can do the buy and hold calculator, go through your burst strategy. How do you maximize your cash? And then is it hitting that true return? But I think the biggest thing is make sure that your goals are defined over a longer period. Then set your buy box, work through the calculations. Does the deal work or not? Move on to the next one if it doesn't work. So do you have a hypothetical uh, set of criteria that you would recommend people look for in an average market, like a cash on cash return or some equity that you'd like to see in a deal? Yeah, typically, like, I mean, with the Burt strategy or even flips, I mean, I'm a, I'm a heavy value add guy. If I'm not walking into a 25% equity position, whether it's a flip, a Burr property, a development piece, all in with my my purchase price, my rehab or my build cost and my soft cost, I'm not that into it. We own a lot of property in Seattle and we have great cash flow. We cash flow around 10%, but that is not what I'm looking for today. That's the long-term approach. It's about building those huge equity spreads. So if I'm not getting 25% out of it, I'm not interested because at the end of the day, it's not going to cash flow that well with the rates. But the equity is what you're building. You know, if you can put $25,000 down on a cheaper property and create $25,000 in equity, that's a 100% return that you can make in a 12-month period. That is huge. Great point. And James, you've always had a different way of looking at real estate. I remember the first time I heard you saying... Hey, I can buy a property and I can hold it as a rental and I can get a 5% cash on cash return, or I can flip it and I can get a 45% return on my money or something like that. And I just remember thinking, you don't hear people mention it like that very often. But if you're looking at capital growth as opposed to passive income, it does make sense. Dave, what are some things that you're looking for in deals going into 2024 from a metric position? For me, I, I'm, I consider myself sort of an IRR investor because I think it is the best way to, and it, for anyone who doesn't know what that means, it's internal rate of return. And it's a metric that you can use to evaluate deals that re- uses the time value of money to 
sort of combine both equity and cash flow into one metric. So you can see sort of how the big picture is impacted. And to me, I, I just look at that because I am in a position in my career. I work full time and uh, I don't need the same level as cash flow right now as someone who might, you know, be approaching retirement or wants to retire early. And so for me, I'm just looking at the, how I can maximize my IRR at all times. And I, to me, that's typically a combination trying to find deals. And I mostly invest passively, but trying to find deals where there is some element of value add. And then, then there's a, a cash flow hold, but getting your money out in, you know, five to seven years instead of keeping it into a, a property for 20 or 30 years, because typically your IRR, your time weighted returns to tend to decline over time if you do that. And so. For me, I look for five to seven year holds in places where I can maximize my total return. And that really hasn't changed much over the last couple of years. And I doubt it will for me anytime soon. Guys, this has been fantastic. Dave, any last words you want to leave the audience with moving out of here? Where can they find your report? No, thank you for having me. Hopefully everyone learned something. And if you want to learn more, just check out biggerpockets.com slash report 24. James, how about you? Any last words for the audience? Don't get spooked by the media. Hey, build your buy box. Go find some good opportunities out there and read Dave's report. Bigger Pockets, they do such a great job giving you that information. That's how you build your buy box. Read through it, then build your buy box. Don't build your buy box first. All right. So head over to biggerpockets.com slash report 24 for a deeper analysis and more suggestions for what you could do to empower yourself in 2024. We've also mentioned several strategies on the show. If you want to learn more about any of those, head over to biggerpockets.com slash store. And there are books that Bigger Pockets has published that will teach you just about everything you need to know about those topics. Please, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, let us know what you thought about today's show, and keep listening to further Bigger Pockets episodes so you can stay up to date with what's going on in this ever changing market. I am David Green for Dave Meyer and James Daynard, signing off. There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the Bigger Pockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping you pay down your mortgage every month, four kitchens and bathrooms you could renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies that you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can actually afford? Which market and which deals are best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down to four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? All great questions, my friends. All to be answered in the upcoming Small Multifamily Bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leka Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four, F-O-U-R. Today, and join us in the Small Multifamily Bootcamp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own.
Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.